Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Be Hooked podcast. If this is your first time joining in with the show, I'm your host, Brittany, and I am super excited about my chat today with a very special guest. Back in episode 11, we spoke with somebody named Jessica from The Hook Nook, and she talked about a topic that was a little bit new to some of you guys, a little bit different than what you might expect. Well, we talked about expressing yourself through crochet, and that topic got a lot of interest. Well, I met with one of Jessica's Instagram and personal friends, Vincent, and he runs the Instagram page and website called Not Bad Crochet. Well, I reached out to Vincent because if you have seen his Instagram feed, you will completely understand where I'm coming from when I say that this guy looks like one of the most fun people to hang out with and to chat with. And that's really what drew me in to, to him and, and sharing his story here on the podcast. Well, after I talked to him for, honestly, it was about three hours or so, we, we chatted after the interview. Well, we became fast friends and my suspicions were 100% true. He is one of the most fun people inspirational people that I have met yet to date. And it's just another reason of why I love this podcast. It gives me the great opportunity to connect with people personally. So there's a little bit of a selfish aspect to it there. But it also gives me the opportunity to share these amazing makers with you here on the show. Well, before we get into my chat with Vincent from Not Bad Crochet, I want to let you know that the show notes page for this episode is can be found at behookedcrochet.com slash session 021. If you have any questions whatsoever, any comments about anything that Vincent and I talk about today, you can head over to that page, scroll down to the bottom, leave your comment there on the page. And I dedicate several hours of my time every week to answering questions and comments that come in. So if you leave me a question or a comment there, you can bet that I will respond. Well, I'm also very excited today because we have a brand new sponsor for the show. I've talked about them once before because I really, really enjoy using their platform. Well, that's Audible. So if you like listening to audio, whether it be when you're on the go, while you're working out, while you're driving, while you're crocheting, especially because that's when I love to consume podcasts and audiobooks. Well, I think that you might find this program to be beneficial as well. So I have teamed up with Audible in order to bring you a free 30-day trial. And with that free 30-day trial, you get to download two free audiobooks. This is the full version. You can search through their entire database of books. They're not limiting you by just a select few. No, you get to choose any two books that you want with your free trial. In order to do that, you'll go to behookedcrochet.com audible, and you can sign up for your free trial there. So that trial will last you 30 days. If you decide at any point that Audible isn't right for you, you can cancel that subscription and those two free audiobooks are yours to keep. So one of the things that I have been consuming lately is the Crochet Murder Mystery series by Betty Heckman. And I have been reading the book called If Hooks Could Kill. And she has a series of books. There's several different books within this series. And you can find the series on Audible, which is really cool because you can 
listen to a crochet murder mystery while you're crocheting or, you know, while you're on the go. So the newest book to that collection is called Hooking for Trouble. And I highly recommend it. It's a very easy read, or it would be a very easy listen in this case. And it's a lot of fun. So I sort of started in the middle of the series and I think that's completely okay. You don't have to start from the very beginning and go through. You can read in and listen in from any of the books because they all kind of have a clear start and a clear finish, but they do kind of fit together in a series because there are some of the same characters. Well, once again, that is behookedcrochet.com slash audible. You can sign up completely free for a 30 day trial and get two free audio download that is 100% yours to keep, even if you decide that the service isn't for you. One of the questions I have been asked very recently and quite often is about amigurumi. That is the crochet art of making dolls or stuffed animals. I know this is a topic that a lot of you are interested in. It's very popular. It's a really fun and creative form of crochet. And there are so many wonderful people that I can bring on the show to talk to you about, you know, tips and tricks and that sort of thing. But in terms of creativity, I found somebody who I think is completely perfect to talk to you about creative amigurumi, and that's Vincent from Not Bad Crochet. Now, as I said in the beginning, we had a lot of fun on this talk. Vincent was able to share so many tips and tricks and insights that are not only going to help you advance your skills with amigurumi, but it's also just going to help you grow and understand the growth process that has to occur when you are taking on this form of crochet. So keeping that in mind, I hope you enjoy this interview with Vincent from Not Bad Crochet. Well, let's dive right into that now. Vincent, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm so excited to have you here. I have been a admirer of yours, uh, your Instagram feed specifically for a while now. So I talked with Jessica back in episode 11 from the Hook Nook, and she is the whole reason why I found you. Uh, you and Jessica were working on something called the Gracie Project, and yeah. that was you know really cool. So I followed your all's progress through that, but I started looking through your feed and was really impressed with the quality of the projects that you were putting out. You know, a Mikirumi is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And when you can take something from your mind and make it into something that's like really looks exactly like what you tried. I mean, that's amazing. That's like raw talent right there. <laughs> so <laughs> for people who may not know who you are, uh, Give me just a little glimpse behind the curtain. So tell me a little bit about how you started crocheting and, and what inspired you to start crocheting. Ah, uh, geez. I did, uh, well, let me start off by saying I am honored to be asked to be interviewed by you. This is this is exciting for me. But how so did I get into crocheting? Um, it has been, it was definitely a couple of year process because I had, I just, I remember very vividly in high school hearing just what crochet was. And I thought it was just, you know, the hats and the scarves and stuff. And it always kind of piqued my interest for some odd reason. I don't, couldn't tell you what it was. And I had tried to do it, but after a couple failures and, you know, be, growing up with video games, I was kind of addicted to the instant gratification. And 
me not being able to pick it up right away, I kind of gave up pretty quickly. And that had happened for a couple of years. And then I tried to get in college and I failed again. And uh, it finally sparked in my head on my last day when I was working at Domino's as a delivery driver. Very luxurious lifestyle. Yeah. I, I remember being on the internet and seeing um, uh, like pins that you can like sew onto clothing. And I thought to myself, oh, that'd be cool to like be able to sew this onto clothing. And then another thought popped up thinking, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could crochet. And then I, I don't know, I just finally realized, okay, the only reason why I can't is because I am not trying hard enough. And I'm sure if I practice yeah. for at least, you know, like three weeks straight, I would bound to get, I was bound to get it. And then, so I started, um, went to Joanne's that night on my last day of work, got a bunch of yarn and I was looking at patterns and I didn't even know Emmy Garumi was a thing. So I, I just remember seeing like a Pikachu. And I was like, ah, this is it. I, that's what I want to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like why, what, this is what I need to see. And ever yeah. since then, it, um, ever since then, I just kind of have been very addicted to it. I would use the word addiction. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I'm really glad that you like persevere because you bring such a really unique personality to the space that, I mean, we really need to have because people, they, a lot of times people will look at crochet or they'll see people crocheting and they're like, oh, well, my grandma does that. And it's like, <laughs> that was so long ago. Like, yeah, my grandma crocheted too. But, you know, think times are modern now. We have mm -hmm. we have so much more resources than, you know, even like my grandma had. Right. And I mean, we can just bring so much more personality to this trade. And we definitely need people like you in it. So I'm <laughs> glad you. you pushed through how how did you learn did you like were you kind of self-taught on youtube like a lot of people or did you have like friends or family members show you uh for some reason family and fr friends that tried to show me i couldn't pick it up and then i am a youtube i learned it from youtube but for all those crocheters out there that know how simple a chain is it actually yeah. took me seven hours on youtube to learn how to chain like, i just that's awesome <laughs> i i couldn't do it and i mean maybe it was combined with single crochet but like chaining was the most difficult thing for me to learn. But, oh, yeah. but once I was able to do that, then the floodgates kind of opened. I was like, okay, finally, my fingers are doing what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so was it was it kind of like the, um, I remember the first chains that I did too, where I didn't really get the concept at first that you need to like turn the hook down so that it'll kind of mm -hmm. like fit through the teardrop. Was that what it was? Or was it like tension? Because that was a really big issue too, like holding on to everything. I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. My, my mind just couldn't compute it. My hands and my head were just two different entities at that point, And they just didn't <laughs> want to work together, uh, which was frustrating. And now that I, I, I'll show friends how to do it and stuff and, I yeah. actually just showed one of my friends how to crochet and he was able to pick it up just by watching me do it, which is extremely frustrating for me because I'm like, <laughs> well, I wish I had been able to do that. I would have been crocheting years ago. But, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's cool. To each their own. And we all learn we all learn at very different speeds. And that's mm -hmm. that's that's OK. I've learned, uh, you know, you shouldn't be too hard on yourself if you can't pick it up right away. Exactly. That's really important for people to learn, especially, you know, people who are learning through the internet, they see like all the success of people. They see like really pretty projects that look perfect, you mm. know, but they don't realize that all the processing that goes into the back end of that and how much time went into it. And like 
how much effort also went into it. They just think that they should automatically be able to do that. Right. And that's and, never the case. <laughs> and I, I always appreciate, because you had used the word I'm talented, and I, I appreciate that word quite a bit, but I do want people to know that I'm not naturally good at it. I, I really, I'm pretty <laughs> open about people knowing how how much I struggle with it, especially at the beginning, because it, I think it is important for people to know it. I mean, because I, I can, behind the scene, that's way different than when I post on my my stuff, my social networks. So I think it's important to know I, I do struggle. <laughs> that's good. That Well, thank you for that that honesty and transparency. I think people, they really need to hear that. They really do from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mess up all the time. Oh my gosh, crochet is just trial and error. Yeah, and I do too. I mean, I think all of us are like that. I'm, I probably frog more things than Ugh. than I do like finish things. So <laughs> yeah, that... I, uh, I have like a, um, I call it the lost work work in progress like <laughs> bag that has just I don't know probably like ten or twelve projects in there that I've started and just didn't like the way it turned out. So they're kind of in line to be frogged and oh yeah, my... I mean. There's so much that doesn't work out more I, so than like what does. I feel you. I have an entire room in my house. Well, not an entire room, but I have like this giant corner and I just call it the graveyard of projects because it's just, <laughs> yeah. they're all there and they're they're just kind of withering away. I, I probably should oh, go man. frog them and get the yarn so I'm not wasting it, but. Yeah. yeah. Project graveyard work in progress. <laughs> yes. See yes. how many See how many pictures we can get on Instagram through that. I could get weeks of content of all my failed progress. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe you should start another Instagram feed. Oh, like my God. The, the, just, the, just the one is, oh, man. Instagram, Instagram is a lot of work. It's fun, though. It is. It is. Gosh, so much goes into it. But, yeah, it's fun. It's kind of a full-time job just in it, on its own. It can it, be. It can be, yeah. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard not to always check and, like, keep up with everything. Yeah. There's so many wonderful Definitely. makers. It's hard. I can't tell you how many times I see a project and I am just so inspired. I love that they have the new the new save button on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So if you go down to I think it's the bottom right corner, there's like a little ribbon sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can if you push on that, then it's like a archive or so, I don't know the the exact word it uses for that. But yeah, you can save specific pictures and that's right. that's really cool. So if if people like to use Instagram, they can scroll through. Obviously, that's a great place for inspiration. So if they, you know, happen upon your page and they see something that you've made and they're like, oh, that's, you know, really cool. They want to mm-hmm. save it. That's a way that they can do so. Yeah, it's, it's a cool feature for sure. Yeah. Well, we definitely need to get back to Instagram because I want people to know about your feet because I get a big kick out of <laughs> out of your photography. So we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But First things first, you know, we've both said the word once and I've noticed a slight difference and I expected that because it seems like nobody knows how to pronounce the word of what you do, the type of crochet that you do. So first question is, how do you pronounce it? Oh, geez. Now you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> um, I, I've always said it Amigurumi, but that's how Stephanie said it too from, uh, from all about Ami. So we, mm-hmm. I talked to her a couple weeks back and I usually say amigurumi. I guess I have more of like a short A sound, Okay. but yeah, everybody always says the same thing. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's such a strange word. It so is. It's a fun I was one to interested say, I to see. 
I've, I've never honestly heard the way the way you just said it. I have never heard anyone say it that way. Really? I, I wonder if it's because I'm from, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm from the East, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't know, Middle East, I guess. But <laughs> Middle East? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never had anybody tell me I have a country accent, which is good, <laughs> given the, uh, the area where I'm from. You don't so want a country maybe, accent? I don't want a country <laughs> accent. No. I mean, every now and then, I guess, maybe like a word or two, you can you can kind of hear where I'm from. And um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's my uh, maybe it's my accent. It could be. I don't I don't know if there is a I don't think you're saying I mean, when you say I know what you're talking about, I think it's I mean, some people say caramel, some people say caramel. Right. You know, but we it's right. still I, I'm not quite sure, honestly. I haven't really looked into the depths of that word. I honestly don't hear it too often in my Yeah. People don't me, really me use too. the word too often. So I haven't really thought about it. That's a good question. I'll I'll keep my ears out for that. I I feel like people avoid the word. Maybe mm-hmm. because they don't know how to pronounce it. I did for a long time. I didn't say it in videos or anywhere. I would type it because I could spell it. Mm-hmm. But I never used the word in audio because I didn't know if I was pronouncing it right. And I didn't <laughs> want to be like that person to well, say it wrong. My friends never ask me, how's the omigurumi? They always just say, how's the crochet? Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, they're <laughs> technically not wrong. I am crocheting. So I just kind of right. like, well, a right. lot of people are like, how's the knitting? And I just oh, kind of, man. You, you know how it is. I'm just like, yes. it's, it's good. The knitting is good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, you you get to the point where you don't even correct people anymore. No. You're just like, yeah, it's fine. No. I know. I almost don't like to correct people. I don't want to sound like snobby or anything. Yeah. But so I'm just, yeah, a lot of people think I just, I knit, which is funny, <laughs> which is funny. And But knitting is its own other beast of a craft. And I've never actually right. tried knitting before. And I'm kind of intimidated by it. Oh, you it, should totally do it. I know I should. I know I should. But it, it seems so intimidating to me. It it did for me a long time, too. So I, so you know, I started Be Hooked Knitting this year. That was, well, the podcast mm-hmm. and that were like my two really big goals for this year. Um, because I had such a hard time learning how to knit. And I thought I was a complete failure for so long. I just thought there's... I'll never be able to get it. <laughs> and I just kept trying and kept trying. And eventually I did get it. And once it clicked, it was like, like you said with crochet, like once you figured out how to work that chain, like the floodgates open, it was the same thing for me with knitting. So I wanted to kind of launch this new facet of the brand to help the people who were just like me, who mm-hmm. think like, there's no way I could do it. And I'm like, yeah, you can, you really can. You just have to have the right teacher. That's so, awesome. Yeah, you should try it. But it gets really confusing when you knit and crochet and oh. somebody <laughs> is somebody is uh, looking at your crochet work and they're like, oh, what are you knitting? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it gets confusing because you're like, well, I do knit, but this is crochet and I don't know. It kind of spirals downhill from there. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I plan on doing crochet for like forever. I mean, that'd be ideal. So I'm sure uh, mm-hmm. during these next these long many years of my my life i'm sure i'm bound to be touching knitting at one point so i'm excited to try i have nothing against it by any means i mean people create just the most beautiful garments from it and even even amigurumi can be created from it and it it looks different Mm -hmm. it looks much different yeah i see i'm still a little bit intimidated by that i i know that those pieces come together more with like elements Mm -hmm. so you know just like basic shapes and you kind of sew them into like the right shape. So I, I mean, I get the concept of it, but I haven't really 
dive into that yet. So um, I actually love knitting clothing, which is interesting because I don't love crocheting clothing. Oh. So yeah, there's just some kind of like difference, I, I guess there. And the only thing I can think of is that it's in the fabric quality. So like when you crochet, the stitches are so much thicker mm-hmm. than when you knit, they're so much thinner and it makes something that I feel like has a better drape. So I've like crocheted clothing before and it just doesn't lay right. So it kind of looks, you know, a little frumpy or boxy or whatever. And, um, with knitting, I don't feel that way about it. So, so that's cool. It's like, it's like a different way for me to enjoy the mm-hmm. same type of craft. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, I will pick up knitting for sure. I, I just, I would like to experience it. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I'm open to trying anything new. Mm-hmm. Well, this is definitely like for you. I definitely encourage you to do it for people listening. I definitely encourage you to try it. If you haven't, you don't have to, you know, follow my videos, whatever. Like if you like my teaching, that's great. There's mm-hmm. some resources there and I'm building those up, but there are, you know, there are some other really good channels out there as well who are teaching people how to knit. So if you learn through YouTube or like you learn best by watching, you know, that's how I learned. I learned, you know, strictly from watching videos on YouTube. I don't know anybody who knits personally. And that was sort of like my, my disconnect was I thought that I needed somebody to show me like how to fix mistakes and whatnot, because, you know, it's kind of hard to find certain videos and that's still the case. Like there are still some, some gaps in the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. And like my plan is to hopefully fill those gaps just from knowing what I couldn't figure out. Hmm. So yeah, definitely, definitely try knitting someday. I will. I will for sure. And I'll, you'll be the first one I'll contact like, Brittany, look what I'm doing. I'm knitting. <laughs> yes. And I'll be so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get things back on track with crochet, I could talk about yes. knitting for a while too. <laughs> so it, you mentioned it a little bit in your intro as well, but how, how did you find your specific niche of crochet? Um, you know, not necessarily amigurumi, but, you know, specifically the types of things that you create, because you could go a hundred different directions with like right. crocheting different types of animals and softies and that sort of thing. But how did you find your space? Um, you know, I, cause I, I didn't come up with my own patterns off the bat. I was following other patterns just that were available for free on Pinterest and stuff. And so I got that was just me experimenting with shapes, but I've always kind of liked the more cutesy type of things more so than the more realistic, I guess, yeah. is how I would, I would word it. Kind of like um, characters or like cartoon yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And if you follow me, I'm, I'm a huge Pokemon fan and I don't care who yeah. knows it. I want to brag about it almost. I love Pokemon. I like live, <laughs> I live and breathe it. I think about it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm 22. And I'm still so grateful that my parents bought me a Game Boy when I was four. You know, I don't, I don't know how I got so lucky with that, but so Pokemon, I mean, I, you know, they're already cute creatures as they are. And so I've kind of followed that path kind of a bit. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I came up with my own style. Um, Cause you're right. There are ways about people. Some people do, just do, they're called Tsum Tsums, which are like the, they're like a, uh, a tube like thing. Have you seen Tsum Tsums before? I've never heard that word before. Is it more? They're um, they're kind of like, like simplistic. They're like chubby type of things. 
Like, okay. Like, like, if I went to eat the poo, he'd be like just a giant oval with like the face and okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know what you're talking about. Um, but I, I like to add the intricacy and like the details into my work just because I, I feel like I've been kind of detail oriented. Just, uh, I don't know. I think, I think just a small little detail can always add so much to something. Yeah, like, it really can. And just like in music, for example, because I'm really into like heavy metal. So when a band adds just like one extra riff, just like mm-hmm. a nice little something that kind of catches your ear, it, it can make an entire song for me. So being able to just add one little extra detail that will kind of make people's heads turn mm-hmm. has always been kind of like the goal for me. It's kind of yeah. like, huh, okay. And then, I don't know, I, I like to have fun with it. And I when I am making my pieces, I do think about the picture that I'm going to be doing because mm-hmm. the picture itself is like <laughs> half the fun for me. Yeah, and... the Instagram picture is what he's talking about. Yes, the Instagram pictures. And yeah. so I the, the picture is always in the back of my head because when I started crocheting, I was doing Instagram at the exact same time. So the two and two of my photography and the crochet has always gone hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's never been like crochet first, picture second. It's always been 50-50. Yeah, like, that's I'm, a really cool approach. Yeah, and like I'll I'll come up with the – I'll decide a piece on a piece to work on just based on a caption I've thought of. Like uh, yeah. that, that'll be like the inspiration to do a piece. Oh, and that's I, neat. I might have trailed off from the question. And that was my bad. <laughs> well, you're kind of leading into the next question I had too. Um, but no, I, I think you, I think you did answer that. So, uh, you know, I think to to answer it in you know like short form, you just you were drawn to a specific thing like you love Pokemon and you knew you loved crochet and now Mm -hmm. you're kind of blending the two of those together. So there's, you know, Pokemon obviously is very huge, especially when Pokemon Go came out. I mean, everything like exploded on the internet with like Pokemon Go everything. What a phenomenon. Yeah, it was. It was. It was was wild. I will say, like, I'm not ashamed to say that I kind of jumped on that for a little while too and had a lot of fun with it. So I didn't necessarily crochet things, but yeah, I, it it was a good way to get people out and moving around and you know mm-hmm. my husband and I like that was fun we spent a couple of weekends going around our our city and finding various crazy pokemon and <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun very fun yeah um so you know spe- so that also answers kind of my next question too so specifically the things that you're I mean, that's mainly what I know you for is Pokemon. It seems like you do a lot of those. Well, you also said that one of your main goals was to just add in a like an extra element that really makes people's head turn. And it's funny that you say that because the detail in your work is exactly what made my head turn. Because <laughs> like I said, it's really difficult for you know people to do a Megurumi and to make it look like you know a character, especially like when you're following something that is already created so Mm -hmm. you're just you know kind of replicating that and i i would say that's way harder than just trying to come up with something on your own Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i i think so you get like it it's cool because pokemon has already been created and it's already an art form as it is Mm -hmm. so recreating all you can just recreate it but it's just so nice to put like your human element into it and mm-hmm. kind of make it your own in a in a in a way, and it's it's nice yeah. to be able to have the 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 capability to like put a creative spin on something. Exactly. Yeah. So. So, you know where? So we know that you get a lot of inspiration for Pokemon, but that isn't the only 
type of projects that I've seen you create Mm -hmm. and, and you kind of alluded into this a little bit, but tell me where, where you draw your inspiration from. So if somebody was really wanting to maybe start doing some amigurumi or, you know, maybe advance their skills, maybe they feel like they're just not that great at it. Uh Can you tell them, you know, where you get your inspiration from? Um, Oh, geez, that is a loaded question because inspiration seriously comes from, from anything. I've, uh, I love that you, answer though. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> you, you know, like I've like, it, it's, I would have to give examples. Like, I mean, there's been times where I'm eating something and something just tastes so good that it's like, and that's made me like want to decide that I want to make a certain food for it. Yeah. And I, I think about like, Oh, well, Sometimes I think about like how would that look on my head? Like how would that feel? Like, I, <laughs> I did like the caramel apple, and I thought that was really fun. But there have been times where I've heard, I don't know. I think the mind is quite the complex thing, just because you know it is a bunch of just synapses just like firing off. And mm-hmm. I've I remember one time I got inspired by an idea just because I was really annoyed by this car alarm going off in the parking lot. Yeah. And something about the noise just kind of triggered an idea in my head. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm you know what might work. So it's really fascinating on just <laughs> literally something as obscure as that could do it. Or even like stubbing my toe has, uh, what, what is an idea that I got for that? Uh, I remember I've stubbed my, during the winter seasons, I stubbed my toe and I, you know, I was angry and I looked down and I saw some type of, uh, there was like a magazine on the floor and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't even see this magazine. And I went through it and I was inspired by one of my Christmas ideas. So it's really just amazing on where inspiration comes from. You kind of have to not really look for it, but just find it in everyday scenery. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and, and there's other things that you can get inspiration from. I mean, like Pokemon really does help, but I have been kind of trying to, I know people know me for my Pokemon, but I have been kind of trying to stray away from it, not stray mm-hmm. away, but I like to do, make things completely mine, I guess, because there is copyright mm-hmm. involved and licensing and, and I, you know. Yeah. That's a scary, scary thing to get into, especially as you're taking your, your career into the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, I have completely stayed away from that specifically for that reason, because I don't really know what is involved in all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. But back to the inspiration. I, mean, I think my biggest source of inspiration is just talking to somebody new, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because I'll go to the bar quite a bit in crochet. Just mm-hmm. I'll just like go by myself and just because I, I like get a huh? lot of I bet you get a lot of comments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because people don't really do that in public very much, but they certainly don't do it at a bar. No, and I actually. That's host cool. My... That's why I love you. You're you're crazy. <laughs> I, I also host, I host my knit nights at a bar now too. But anyways, really? back to the because I, I I just enjoy because I really like like just the darkest beers you can find, like when they're just you can't see through them. I just love black beer, or dark beer, <laughs> I guess. But it's like pretty much a tint of black. Yeah. Um But I mean, just these random uh, anyway, because people will come up to me because you know I am a male crocheting with a. And I usually have my music in, so I don't I don't mind when people come talk to me because when people talk mm-hmm. to you, they're coming from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, have you ever done this? Or you should do this. And just listening to people, like, it's amazing how many more. You think you have all the ideas in the world, but you don't even have a smidgen of them. And right. People, that is so true. Yeah. People will just say things that just sound ridiculous. But crochet, you can be as extra as you want to. You can create mm-hmm. whatever you want. So people can sound outlandish and just nuts, but you can bring almost anything to life. 
Yeah, you really can. And um, I mean, I feel like we spend so much time trying to find inspiration. We don't really let it happen that when somebody says, hey, why don't you try this? And you're like, wow, I never even thought of that. So mm-hmm. I love that you, you know, you listen to other people. And um, I mean, especially people in your audience, too. I mean, they are there for a reason. They like what you do. They like following you. And Mm-hmm. If if you listen to one of them, I mean, that's probably one of the coolest experiences for them, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I would highly recommend, I know people, I know I get kind of frustrated, at least I did, when people are like, oh, you should do this. Mm-hmm. And pe- I know people, when they say you should do something, they don't have the intentions, like they know what they're talking about. It just, it just seems like the vocabulary to use. So you yeah. kind of really have to, like, listen to understand more so than listen to respond because whenever I heard that word, I would just respond with like, uh, you, you know, when like a parent tells you to do something and you don't want to do it because someone's telling you to. And when someone tells you what to make, you don't want to do it because someone's telling you to. I think you should definitely take it with a grain of salt. And like, actually, you have to remember people, not everyone's an artist, so they're not understanding where that might be kind of intrusive when they say you should be doing something. Because honestly, if someone were to say that to me, I would prefer, oh, it would be cool to see something like this you know there's other wording is very important and some people don't always get that but I think people should really be listening to what other people say because people really do have a lot of good ideas and everyone has quite a unique brain so yeah yeah and that's definitely a new tip that I've heard too I like to ask people people that come on the show I like to ask them where they get their inspiration from and that that's a new one so I'm I'm really glad that you shared that with us Mm -hmm. well thank you yeah, just something I've noticed. Um, I know some people get frustrated with it, but I've tried my best to like just hear, just hear what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important for like a community aspect too. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back a little bit to kind of the beginning. You said that you are really open with like not being perfect, and you you know struggled for a while. And I mean, I was completely surprised by that. I would have never guessed that by <laughs> looking at the things that you make. So. Can you maybe try to talk through why you think you found success? Like, is it just, I don't um, know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So why, why do you think that you've been successful with, and, and success isn't necessarily like the number of followers that you have, but I mean, success to me is like a really awesome piece at the end of however much work went into it. Like it really looks like you wanted it to, like that would be success for me. Um, I have a lot of different variables that worked for me because when I first started uh, I had dropped out of school and I quit my job and I had parents that weren't breathing down my neck about doing you know the standard you know timeline of everyone's life you know go to school get your degree and stuff they were just okay with me focusing on my myself and just you know because behind the scenes what happened was I quit my job and I dropped out of school and I was in my parents basement crocheting and it's really all I had that that's completely all I had and you know I'm really grateful to them that they they were so okay with that I mean not not everyone can say they have parents that would allow that to happen you know right and being able to put your all your faith in your kid to do that ah god I will remember that forever I really will um but for success I don't know I just I I want to I've worked really hard and I haven't really liked the word lucky but I have been really lucky with just like the things I've done because I didn't know anything about the scene. So I was just doing things that I didn't know were there and weren't there. Cause I was going out and like doing photo shoots with my dolls in nature and stuff. And not a lot of people were doing that. Just like 
putting your dolls in like scenarios where they might be living. And I think what really was success, like my, my breakthrough picture, I think was my, my coffee cup picture. Cause I remember I just, I don't know, maybe it's the narcissistic inside of me, but I was like, I want to be on the internet. I want people to see me, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I want them to see my art, but I took a picture, I selfie, you know, with my bed head, just looking kind of crazy. And it did really well. I was like, okay. But um, I don't know. I was just, I was just put into a situation where I was doing things that just weren't really being done. I mean, like putting stuff on my face was, I don't think anyone else really does that in the scene. No, I still to this day haven't seen anybody who, I mean, does the amount of stuff that you do on Instagram. Mm. And, and just, and it, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame because, or not a shame, but just being a male in the community, I think has really helped me mm-hmm. just because it is, it is, it is weird. It's very, it's, it's weird to see. I mean, there's other men that do it. I'm not, I'm not this like anomaly by any means. Right. And there have been men that have been doing it way before me, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, I kind of fixate on things and I obsess, like, ov- like obsess a little too much sometimes. And this is finally the one thing that has finally stuck in my life that I'm like really passionate about. I remember when I was in college, I was pretty lost. I, I picked up trying to like make music and I just, I couldn't follow through with it. I used to like shuffle, which is like this obscure dance back in high school, but I don't follow through with it. I just wasn't, I was just always trying to find this thing that I could just obsess over and be happy obsessing over. Cause I, yeah. I like to obsess over things. I think that's fun. Like, I mean, I'm one of those people that like to have a song stuck in my head because I like to obsess over that song. And so it's, it's been nice to like put my, put my heart and soul into something and just feel at home with it, you know? And it it's, uh, I think that's where some of my success comes from. And I've been able to just re- some some of the kids nowadays say you got to risk it to get the biscuit and so it's been I don't know just like doing something crazy has just like panned out for me because I always just kind of realize well if this doesn't work there's always other options and I'm just I don't know I just I like to take the risk and if it doesn't work uh, you know let people know how it didn't work and then let them avoid that and let other people accomplish something yeah yeah, that's that's so cool. I, that's definitely the voice that I hear coming through on your Instagram feed too. I mean, when you follow somebody on Instagram, you feel like you are, you know, becoming friends with them, but you really don't know mm-hmm. half of it, really. So, I mean, this is the first time that you and I have had the chance to connect and I mean, I like I said I've learned so much from you um just in talking with you here for, you know, the last 30 minutes or so. And um <laughs> I think that there's a lot of people on Instagram who aren't very transparent with those sort of things. And I mean, as an outsider looking in, I could say that, you know, some of your success on Instagram specifically is probably due to that transparency that, you know, you're not afraid to say that, you know, first of all, like you are in a smaller demographic of, you know, males that, like you said, there are males who crochet, but there's not very, you know, not as many as mm-hmm. women. So I think that's, you know, the first thing. And you're not afraid to show your face. And, you know, you're not ashamed of what you're doing, which is really cool. And then, you know, you take that a step further and say, well, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that this didn't work out this time. And mm-hmm. you almost like celebrate every time that something does work out with this like crazy fun picture <laughs> that depicts what you you just made. So 
um, I don't know that from an outsider looking in, I'd say that's, that's why I think, I mean, that's why I noticed you. So, I mean, there, (laughs) there, you know, and I'm not saying I'm anybody special, but there's hundreds of thousands of people who are on Instagram and gosh, like the last time I looked, there were more than 10 million pictures with hashtag crochet on there. And it's really difficult to like be found in any of that feed. And, um, you know, you notice the things that stand out. And I think that recognizing that has been like really good for you too. Well, thank you. I appreciate you, I guess what the kids say, gassing me up. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate all the the flattery. I really do. It means a lot coming from you just because you have worked so hard and you've made a name for yourself. So hearing that from someone, it's like, it's nice to be seen like that. So I appreciate it. Your, your comments run, run deep with me. So thank you. No, you're so welcome. Like I said, it's, it, this is, it's really, this is a really cool opportunity just to be able to, to meet and talk with other people who, you know, are just like me. So, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and who obsess over, you know, the same types of things that they obsess over. So it's definitely Mm -hmm. cool to be able to connect. The next thing I want to get into is sort of like the technical side of things, because I know a lot of people are, you know, specifically in my audience, a lot of people have questions about the, you know, how everything comes together, how things sometimes don't come together. And I'd love to give your, get your perspective on some of these questions that they have specifically, because I know just in seeing your projects, seeing the photos, obviously you, you, you know, don't seem to have any of these problems. So you've got, you've got something figured out (laughs) and I hope you can share that as best we can over audio. But before we get into that, can you maybe walk me through your creative process? Like think of maybe a project that you've completed in the last, I don't know, month or so, a couple of months or so. And just like walk me through that. Tell me what the project was, how you were inspired to make it and, you know, how how it all came together, like what elements you used and that sort of thing. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, so I will use my my sloth scarf. Yes. I guess. I'll use that as that my – because that one <laughs> – that one was definitely a one of my breakthrough pieces. That one was a really fun one, and I I'll cherish that one forever because that one was that one was big. I'm gonna keep it. I'm I'm not selling it because I'm gonna keep it for my kids because I think it's gonna yeah. really, be really cool to give them. But so the creative process, um, thinking of that idea. So you know I come up with the idea, and that one was cool because um, I had just been contacted with Lion Brand Yarn, who have been totally supportive of me, and they sent me some yarn support, and I kind of just. You know, uh, you know, and I, I, they're a big company, so I wanted to impress. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want to do art. A lot of people claim they do it for themselves, but at this point, I do do it for other people. I want to make other people smile, and I, I do want to impress these companies. So I was like, okay, let's think big picture. And I was like, big picture. I just need to make this huge. I don't ever do anything huge. Yeah. And I just, um, I, uh, what did I, th- I, I was thinking of like, because a lot of companies, the market, because garments are definitely a bigger uh, market for things, mm-hmm. you know, like wearables and stuff more so than dolls. And I remember I've made like hats and scarves and stuff. And it just doesn't really like uh, jingle my shimmy jimmies or what, what's the line? <laughs> I don't have know. You heard that? I have it. <laughs> Tickle my peach or something. Oh, right. what, one, of those, <laughs> one of those kind of things. And so I was thinking, uh, well, I don't want to make a garment, but I, 
I do at the same time just to like, I don't know. I kind of just want to fall and I just wanted to be like, I don't know why I wanted to do that, but I wanted to like put a twist on it and make it a doll as well. Yeah. And I, and I just went on the internet and I just looked up animals that hug you <laughs> and I, I saw that and I couldn't find anything. And then I was on Twitter and I saw a sloth meme and I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and so the creative process. So once I decided on the idea, I, I do have a big sketchbook, which I'd highly recommend anyone to keep a sketchbook with them, or at least use your, your iPod or your iPhone or your Android notes yeah. and just always write things down because I don't know about, I mean, as an artist, I feel like my mind is always just coming up with new ideas and shoving the old ones out. So I, I need to be writing things down. And lately I've been using colored pencils and stuff and drawing my pieces because it really does bring it to life on paper. So I draw it all out and stuff. And, um, and then I kind of just get to it. I mean, I don't really have an exact, I don't write out my patterns. I, I write them while I'm doing it. So this one was interesting because I, the big, big projects, I don't like to just sit and do it all at once. I like to kind of take my time and like do a chunk, let my brain kind of ease off of it for a little bit and then come back at it refreshed. I don't want any sign of like burnout in my work, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, cause you can definitely feel the energy in people's work and, and it's very obvious. Like when someone's making something just for the money aspect of it, or just to go viral or go big. So I really like to, I really am pretty conscious about the energy I'm putting into a piece. Cause I feel like I can see on a piece, like where I was frustrated or where I was tired. So I like to, I really like to make sure I'm refreshed in all my pieces to make it really kind of glow. Mm-hmm which sounds kind of hippie and, you know, kind of like, what's this guy talking about type of thing. No, it but makes so that's much sense, the... though, when you, when you say it like that. But that's just the way I see it. So I'm like, okay. So I like to come and refresh. And then um, in the creative process, I think I want people to know that I don't just go at, it, go at it one round and it's done. Like just the arms and the body. I Lots of trial and errors. I have lots of just like these wonky shapes in my house and that are filled <laughs> just cause you have, you have to finish it to know if it's going to look okay. Mm-hmm. And so it really does take a lot of time. And, um, so yeah, so I guess in an order, think of the project, draw it out, lots of trial and error. And then I like to lay it all out on the floor. I like to like the work in progress just to like kind of identify on what I'm going to be seeing. And I think, and then once it's finished and then I get to come up with a fun picture, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that really answers like the technical side of things. Yeah, I think we'll get into that too. I was just curious to see how, um, just how your mind works, and because I've I found a, a lot of differences in, you know, everybody that I've interviewed, everybody sort of has their own way of doing things, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think it's good for people out there who are listening to just understand, I mean, because there's a lot of people who follow patterns and that's just what they want to do. That's what they're comfortable doing. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there who just like want to do their own thing and may not have the slightest idea of how to get started. So, I mean, that's definitely a good way. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to know that you, that you sketch things out too. I think that's really cool. Um, I, I personally don't, don't do any of that. I'm not like I don't know. I mean, I have sort of an artistic background. Actually, both of my sisters work in art-related fields, and I was, little known fact, I was accepted into art school and decided to go against that once (laughs) I learned that my sister was kind of struggling with the, um, you know, finding a job in the field. But my artistic sense is more 
web related or like graphic like graphic design more so than drawing so for me to like draw a sketch it probably wouldn't look anything like I would want it to so I just like keep that out of the equation (laughs) oh my sketches are absolutely horrid they've gotten a little better I'll admit to that but oh god that is not something I'd want to be like showing everybody because they're (laughs) they're not very good they're they're bad but I I know what I'm looking at and it's kind of like handwriting you know when so you can read your own handwriting, but other people can't see it. I can see what I was trying to draw and other people might not be able to see it. So yeah. I think just having it down on paper does help. Yeah. And I, yeah. I and I've always appreciated pen on paper because I, mm-hmm. I really do enjoy writing. I think writing is really important in drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me, so. me too. I, I do. I, so initially I liked to, I had like a, a small notebook and I would just like, just grab whatever like spoke to me at the time I really like found a lot of inspiration through um just you know the types of things that other people were creating not necessarily like um you know taking something exactly like what they were making obviously but if you know like scarves were you know really popular or like the seasons kind of involve like they sort of inspire like different things so like I like fall wearables so like I'll get on a boot cuff kick for a while and um, I mean, it's really like what I see in the feed that, you know, seems to be showing up over and over. Then I like to take that and sort of make my own, uh, make my own spin on it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like crochet or knitting. I mean, you can scroll through Pinterest and see, you know, like a vest or a top or something that you really, really like the the shape or the design and like figure out a way to make it into like crochet or knitting, depending on what you like to do. And um mm-hmm. So I would just do that. I would find yarn that like spoke to me that, you know, would work with the project. And I had a little notebook and that's where I would write down the pattern. And it would be like completely cryptic, like just my abbreviations, like whatever made sense in my head. I would Uh just, you know, jot everything down. And from there, I would sort of translate it to the web when I would be ready to publish. But um, nowadays I'm using Evernote just because it's free. And they're really, I mean, you can get like a premium version, but you don't even need it really. The The free version, you can have as many notes as you want to. And so that's kind of where I keep all of my ideas. You said like an idea will pop in your head and then it's gone. I completely relate to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have to record everything or I just completely forget. Right. Yeah. And it's just, and they always teach you, I'm in school. They always said, if you, I never, I should have used a study habit, but I never did. Um, they're always saying you learn better if, as long as you write it down. Cause it really it retains, which I, you know, I, I might've learned that a little too late cause yeah. I'm not in school anymore, <laughs> but I definitely agree with that. I think once you write it down, it definitely, it, it, it definitely cements in your head a little bit more mm-hmm. so than just having the thought. Yeah. And just to kind of spin off on a tangent here for just for a second, because I, I kind of geek out on like organization and teaching. So no, please go. it was funny. Go so I was talking to my mom last night and um, she's very interested in what I'm doing here on the podcast. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, that's so cool. You get to interview somebody. Well, what are you going to talk about? So I was telling her about, you know, what we were going to talk about today. And um, she, you know, she was asking questions about um the questions that I prepared. So like what I like to do on the, on the back end of thing for those who are listening is I like to just have some kind of a general outline. So I know exactly what we're going to talk about. The guest kind of has an idea of, you know, what's going to be asked of them because when you, when you do that, you sort of have a better flow of things and the show, you know, tends to run a little bit better. So I was explaining to her, she was like, well, 
why do you like is it a script like do you read it off of a script and I'm like I'm glad you asked that like no it's actually not a script it's really just a guideline so like I know what I want to be accomplished so I like to break things down and and the school part is kind of like what triggered this for me when I was in school I studied I was studying biology so I was in classes that were like really difficult to wrap your mind around and mm-hmm. I remember specifically like biochemistry was like my nemesis <laughs> for whatever reason like <laughs> that was one of the hardest classes for me to to grasp and I was telling her that the difference between a good student and a great student is the ability to organize their thoughts. So a good student might go to class and they would jot down everything the, the professor said because they don't want to miss a single thing. And then they would leave it. And then when test time came, they would just try to read through their notes. Well, a lot of times, or at least the experience I had in my college was that the professor wasn't always great at organizing ideas so that they made sense and were able, like, were able for you to memorize them. So what I would do is Mm -hmm. right after class, while it was still fresh in my mind, I would go back and read through the notes and reorganize it so that, like, I would break things down into, like, little sections, like, you know, bite-sized sections so I could memorize little chunks. And I was able to sort of, like, put them in a series, like, you know, with biochem especially, there's a lot of, like, reactions, and you have to memorize, like, each reaction, so you just do it in, like, little bite-sized, you know, pieces mm-hmm. sequentially, and and it works really well, and I'm not really sure why I got off on that tangent, but <laughs> organizing, organizing your thoughts, I think, is really, really important for, um, you know, if you're going to teach especially, but when mm-hmm. when you're trying to learn something, too. So, oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the brain likes patterns and it likes to, so yeah, I, I agree entirely on that. Yeah. I, I, I swear I had a point to that and I really don't remember what it is now, but, um, anyways, <laughs> I, I see, you know, I see the random, point. random wisdom just from somebody who, uh, just kind of went off on a tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you would never know who's going to hear that and be like, oh my gosh. It'll yeah. Click. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had that mindset when I was in school, especially mm-hmm. in, yeah. You know, you never know who it's going to help. Yeah. Trial by fire for me. I, I figured that out and, and I really got it in my senior year and probably really should have like figured it out a little <laughs> bit sooner. But um, I think it's helped me as an instructor, especially because now I can understand, like I can understand the gaps and I can sort of fill them for people. That, so that's awesome. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like a, a I, I really don't understand why people people don't see it that way I guess because that's just how I like you know when you when you are a certain way it's hard for you to like not understand how you are I don't know if that Mm -hmm. like makes sense but oh oh completely (laughs) so okay so the technical side of things some of the questions that I get a lot are about you know hook and yarn and you know decreasing and that sort of thing so First of all, what is your go-to yarn for your projects? Like, do you use like the same brand, the same weight? Like, what do you like to go to when you think of an idea? Um, uh, if I had answered this question like a month and a half ago, I would say I always go for worsted weight, size four, big twist yarn from Joann's. I've always just really, I don't know, my heart just goes towards it, but 
now that you're asking me, I have been I've been experimenting experimenting a lot with like other hook sizes and yarn sizes from like Lion Brand and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am I've just been really enjoying um the thick and quick, which is like the super chunky, oh, yeah. it's like size six. I'm just I'm loving that. Uh but yarn wise, I always stick to just solid colors. That tends to be just what I stick to for Omega Rumi. But hook size, for the most part, m- the majority of my pieces are size four. I love my size four hook. I've had that one since I first started. I actually have two size four hooks, and they're they're pink. They're from Susan Bates. And I have one that's a bright pink that hasn't been used as much. And the other ones that I've been using it for two years is, like, almost completely silver. Yeah. Because all the, the dye is off. <laughs> and, my, and I just always use that one. There's been a couple instances where I've kind of had, like, a mini freak out. Like, where's my hook? Did I forget it? Like, I remember <laughs> I went to the U- University of Oregon to, like, go to a party or whatever. And I, I, I bring my crochet everywhere. So I, I, I pulled out my crochet during parties before. Mm-hmm. And, there, and I remember I... I was just like, right when I got home, I couldn't find my hook. And I was, did I, I, I was, just, I was just so sad. I was like, was it worth partying? Aww, was it worth it? Losing your favorite uh, hook. I, I, yeah, but I found it. I found oh, it. And it, it's still, yeah. So I'm just kind of like dreading the day I lose it. But so see, so yeah, I have, I love Susan Bates. Susan Bates hooks are my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. I love this, the, the wood on the end and the, the, um, the steel at the other end. Yeah. So the inline. I think mm-hmm. most of so, the baits are inline hooks. Yeah, but for for Omigurumi, if you do decide to do that, I I always recommend just size four yarn. Red Heart works really well, mm-hmm. just because just because that stuff is really um, it holds a shape really well. Yeah, and size four is what I go to most often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so almost. I mean, I I would I would say I've had the similar experience where using like a worsted weight yarn that's a little bit more like what you would consider to be maybe a little bit rough or like maybe you wouldn't mm. want a scarf out of this because it's you yeah. know, it doesn't have as nice of a drape. But I think that type of stuff is really good for a Mikirumi because of, like you said, it holds its shape really well. And you can't complain about the price range for it. Right. You're, you're generally like that kind of stuff is really, it's cheap. And those skeins of yarn can really, you can make a couple projects out of those colors. Mm-hmm. It, it has a lot. So yeah, I, I really yeah, I, I can't ever complain about the price range, especially if you're a up and coming artist. Mm-hmm. You know, the the stereotype starving artist holds <laughs> true for a, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go pick so. you up a couple dollar skein of yarn and you can make like five or six, you know, softens mm-hmm. out of it. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So how about attaching pieces? So this is, you know, <laughs> every there have been a couple of times where I have like started a project it's turned out like really great and then I started sewing the pieces together and I realized that like oh its head is kind of crooked or you know story of my life (laughs) (laughs) what are some tips for attaching pieces so that they look right because it always looks great before you put it together and then you put it together and it's like wow okay this didn't work (laughs) um I I actually hate sewing um that's my that's my least favorite part of Amigurumi and you know it's and I, I want to make that clear because a lot of people think when you have a passion, you have to love every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I think I think passion is I think that's definitely a uh, that's way too sugar coated of a definition. I feel like you have to be hating parts of it mm-hmm. or because passion, you have to be, you know, blood, sweat and tears. If you didn't hate something, you wouldn't be 
bleeding or right like having having tears yeah, you know that's so and true. I, I think that's the beauty of, I think that's the beauty of it you know mm-hmm. having parts where it's like it, it's really and you know I don't like it because it's challenging for me it's hard and mm-hmm. I and, and I, I always mess up and that's why I don't like it but I think once you act cause, but once you get in the groove of it it's really good so I think it's important but when it comes to sewing um since I don't like doing it I always try to find which body parts I can actually do as one piece Oh, like yeah. when you're crocheting so that's one of my tips but then when you actually you can't avoid the sewing part mm-hmm. um that's hard i highly recommend buying pins pins are very helpful mm-hmm. to be able to pin it in place um and i what would i recommend i don't know it's it, it's really hard it, i'm still learning how to master mm-hmm. sewing because it, I, like you said it you can get one piece on perfectly and then the next one might be a little crooked. And, you know, you have to remember, not a lot of people are going to see that. You're a lot more critical on yourself. A lot of my pieces don't are crooked. Yeah. But I will admit, when I am taking the pictures sometimes, I will angle the camera just <laughs> perfectly. Or, yeah. And, you know, you can you can kind of move your pieces so they they all look straight just for the picture. Mm-hmm. But, but for, like, actual craftsmanship, it's a lot of just trial and error and just – and I think it, for sewing – getting every single stitch in is really important. Don't skimp out on any because, you know, and just being consistent on like which round you're going to be sewing it into. I mean, there's been times where, you know, like on one, one ear of a piece, it's perfectly round. And then the other one, just at the tip of the piece, I will sew one round above. So it's being pulled just a little bit, which makes a big difference. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. But I think with sewing, it's definitely it's definitely something you kind of have to just trial and error. It's hard to just learn it based off of what someone says to do. And you get you get better over time. Like my my first few pieces, I'm I used to that was one of the reasons why I didn't sell my pieces at the very beginning. So I just wasn't confident with my pieces, and I was always afraid they were going to be pulled apart. But one tip I have is um, knotting. Uh, a I used to just sew, like I would just cut. Like once I'm done sewing, I would just cut it and just uh, push the yarn away. I like to do once I'm done sewing, I like to shove the needle like on the other side of the doll where it's mm-hmm. the same color. Yeah. And then do like a slip knot type of a thing. Uh-huh. And it, you can't see it because it's still the same thing. And then you put it through again to the other side and then cut it. And then you just shove the tail back in. Mm-hmm. So it's being wrapped around around the entire body. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people actually sew before they start stuffing. I actually I prefer to stuff and then sew. Mm, I do that too. Yeah, there's a, easier, a lot of people I recommend. I think so too. Um, it's hard with black yarn because um, all your the, the fiber fill will be coming out mm-hmm. and you'll be seeing it on the black yarn. But I think it. I I, I recommend doing it that way. I, I you don't have to. I don't. I'm not sure. I just prefer it that way. And plus. If you're going to do it my way of like going across and doing a slip knot and then going across again, it's really hard to, to stuff because you have, I can't even imagine what the interior of my dolls look like because <laughs> yeah. there's just all these like veins, I guess, uh-huh. quote unquote, vein, veins of yarn oh, going through it. Yeah. So that's what my, that's what my advice would be. And then you, cause you can still like pick out the fiber fill. It's just a little tedious, but mm-hmm. I think it's the job done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what about holes in your work? So I know a lot of times people experience holes when they decrease, like just from one stitch to the next. And I know that's, you know, a little bit just characteristic of the decreases. But I've also seen where people have, 
you know, just been working regular stitches and they still have quite a bit of holes. So if you're using a light color yarn, it's not as big of a deal, but if you're using mm -hmm. a dark yarn, black or navy or something like that, you can see the like polyfill in like through right. the stitches. So do you have any tips for um, trying to fix that? Um, my tip would be learn your invisible decreases because I used to, my decreases always look pretty sloppy. And then once I learned the invisible decrease, it seriously changes the name of the game when it comes mm -hmm. to your craftsmanship. So invisible decrease, I would, I like almost live and breathe by that. I love invisible decrease. But those holes you're referring to, just like if you're single crochet, if you're just single crocheting in the round and you see these holes, mm -hmm. I think that's based off of just like your tension i mean because one round it might look okay but then the next round you're pulling it a little farther mm -hmm. it's just consistency really because even someone as experienced as i am i that still happens to me yeah often and oh not often it's gotten a lot better but mm -hmm. i think the only way to really fix that is you need to like frog it a couple rounds and make sure it's all consistent because the round before will determine it that mm -hmm. and you just have to be present in all your stitches it and like, just like anything, it comes with practice. Right. And I, I don't, I'm not sure if I knew how to avoid that hundred percent, I would tell you, mm -hmm. but I, I, I myself still struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a good tip though. Like knowing that you're, you just have like inconsistency in your stitches. Um, the other mm -hmm. thing I would add to that is your, you know, maybe you don't have the right hook size. So if you have, maybe, yeah. you know, like if your hook is a little bit too big, uh, with a Mikurumi, you really need to like go down a hook size. So if you're looking at the yarn label, it might say, like, it might recommend to use a size five millimeter hook with that yarn. Mm -hmm. And you might want to go down to a four just because you know that you need the tension to be like in the gauge to be a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I started off with a five millimeter and my work, you know, I wasn't even like, I didn't have great consistency and my work definitely did that. But I switched down to a four and um, for the most part, I've been very happy with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially if you want to make it like a really, you want to stuff it pretty tight. Mm -hmm. Like it, it will be because your yarn expands and you will be seeing the fiber fill. So yeah, yeah. I would go down a couple of yarns. I would go down at least to a four. Mm -hmm. Four has always been a really safe bet. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing what I want to do is could you maybe give us one tip for the person who is looking to get into it, but maybe they just, you know, maybe feel a little bit intimidated by it. And then can you give us a tip for somebody who's just like trying to advance their skills? Yes. Okay. So if you want to, I, I totally understand the intimidation um, of Amiga Rumi. It is really intimidating, but I'm going to refer back to what you said at the very beginning. All it is, is just like you said, just basic shapes, but sewed on together. Mm -hmm. So that, and once I realized that, that was kind of like my breaking point. I was like, oh my gosh, that is a really good realization. Because it, it looks really intricate and stuff, but it all, it all really is just basic shapes, just sewn on in different ways. And, and I, because all you really need to know is how to do ovals, circles, triangles. And once you learn that, it, you know, all is... Uh, then, then it comes down to how good are you at sewing, but I would say, I would say obviously, I would, I would highly recommend practicing with other patterns. And my patterns are available for free, and I'm always afraid people are going to think they can't, like, do something with it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know, I offer them for free for a reason. I want people to take it and make something of their own. Like, just, I don't know, take my techniques, take the way I did it, and just put a spin on it. Yeah. You know, 
I, yeah, and like you don't have to come up with like an original stitch or anything. If you like the way I divoted something or did a whole body, just take it and then, you know, and then from there, the more, the more you can kind of practice on other people, the more you can kind of hone your own skills and then start doing your own original work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really extremely helpful to just, because I know everyone always says practice, practice, practice. And one thing I want to say is I've always hated the line, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Someone commented on my uh, post one time saying practice makes better. And mm-hmm. I, it's always kind of resonated with me because we always, I feel like people always do strive for perfection, mm-hmm. which is not what you want to be striving for. Because once you're perfect, you're done. You <laughs> right. can't get better. You can't get, you can't get better. So why not just be better than yesterday? So I think people really just, just, just keep making lots of dolls and just do better than you did last time. Don't make, you know, if you, if you goof on something, just enjoy the flaws in your work. I always see my flaws in my work. And I think it adds a lot of character because when I first started, I didn't even know you were supposed to flip out your work, like flip it inside out. So I had been doing it like wrong for this first six months, but I think that's also what it made it stand out. I was doing it wrong, but it had this characteristic to it. Yeah. So um, yeah, just, I just keep practicing. Don't worry about being perfect. Like you made it. It is perfect. Yeah. You know, you crafted. That's what I think that's what's perfect is being able to craft something with your own hands. I mean, we have this idea that perfection is just like this textbook way of thinking, but I don't think so. I think being human and creating something is perfect. And then the other tip about how to hone your skills. I guess I kind of answered that. Um, Trying something new, trying new stitches, because it, um, for the longest time, I just stuck to like single crochet because that's all you really, I mean, a lot of Amigurumi, that's all it really takes is just single crochet. But I've tried other projects where like I'm working in the back loop, I'm working with like shell stitches and just working with a stitch can make you just see the entire project from a different point of view. And I think that's extremely helpful. I mean, back loop and front loops have changed my entire way of thinking when it comes to Amigurumi, just knowing, just knowing another stitch. So just practice with other stitches you'll see it in a different light and don't be afraid to waste your time on a project i'm usually afraid to do that it's like well it doesn't look great in my head just try if it doesn't if you don't know if it looks okay in your head just try it because it once it's alive it looks way different than you think yeah and and it don't ever consider crochet a waste of time because i mean a lot of the time when i'm at the bar I'll grab a skein and I'll just crochet in the round. I'm not even making anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just, I just like the motion of it. So you get the practice, you get the meditation of it all. And then you get to know if you like it or not. So I don't think crochet is ever a waste of time. Unless there's a deadline and it's like, oh gosh, but you know. <laughs> yeah, then it, then it gets a little bit hectic, but you know, yeah. if there, if there is such thing as perfect, I think that was the perfect note to end on because I, I couldn't have said any of that any better myself. Like just, you know, practice makes better. Like I'm going to remember that. That's, that's really, really good. I, I, I'm glad because when someone said it to me, I was like, I think the world needs to know. Maybe I'll make a post. Wow. Maybe I should make a post about this. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to make a caption about this. This is good. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. You you totally (laughs) should. (laughs) Well, I definitely want to give people the chance to just discover you, find more about you. Um, you know, definitely check out your Instagram feed because it's, I mean, it's awesome. So I was looking through there today <laughs> and I was scrolling through like some of the older photos just 
because I wanted to share some of the the you know really interesting ones that that I saw and you know there there have been multiple occasions where you have had stuff dumped over your head so like one yes. that comes to mind you dump chocolate on your head like liquid chocolate and eggnog where your face was like covered in eggnog and uh that one was that one hurt that one hurt did that it, one really like hurt it, it looks like it got in your eyes <laughs> i i'm an idiot and i thought it was a good idea to leave the eggnog in the fridge overnight oh. and you know and i had to have my roommate pour it on me and he had to do it before work so it was like eight in the morning and <laughs> freezing freezing cold eggnog during the winter months i my head hurts so bad i had such a bad brain freeze. oh my gosh that's funny but you got to do it for the gram. Right, <laughs> right. And then there was another one where you have like ketchup and mustard on your face and you have like french fries stuck to your face. And so, I mean, those are some of the crazy, the crazier ones, but <laughs> that is, I mean, it's so uniquely you. It's why, you know, it's why you're here. You're, you're, you do some really <laughs> cool you. and fun things. <laughs> I have a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so, so where would you send people? I mean, obviously, you know, give us your Instagram handle so people can find you there, but I know you're also present on other social networks and mm -hmm. uh, on the web. So, uh, where would they go? So for me, my main place that if you want to like, uh, communicate and that I will respond the quickest is Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's my main platform. That's where you'll see everything firsthand and my, all my announcements and stuff. And my handle is not bad, but it's a K N O T. Mm -hmm. The pun so k-n-o-t period bad okay so not bad and then my website is now if you follow me before i've actually changed it to notbadami.com so k-n-o-t-b-a-d-a-m-i.com okay. and from there i offer lots of free um, patterns that are still coming daily or weekly well i try <laughs> and you can find all my other uh, really just my website's the most important because you can find all my other social media networks there mm -hmm. uh, ways to connect with me see what i'm up to and yeah, so Instagram, my website are my biggest ones for sure. Okay, cool. So we'll send people to notbadami.com, mm -hmm. right? And then your Correct. Instagram handle as well. So, well, thank Perfect. you so much for coming on the show and spending a lot more time probably than I um, had planned on you being here. <laughs> well, well, you're you're an absolute pleasure to talk to. So thank you so much for having me, Brittany. I really appreciate it. All right. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation between Vincent and I. And once again, you can check out his resources available online at notbadami.com. That's K-N-O-T. And I would definitely recommend you check out his Instagram feed because as you heard, he's a lot of fun on Instagram. Well, before we wrap things up for this week, I want to thank our sponsor one more time, Audible. Now, don't forget, you can sign up for your free 30-day trial. And when you do, you'll get two free book downloads. So you can dive into those crochet murder mystery series that I was talking about at the beginning of the show. I think you'll have a lot of fun with those. But you know, if that's not your thing, they have thousands upon thousands of books that you can choose from. And you can download any two for free with this 30 day trial. And if you decide that the service is not right for you, you can cancel at any time. The link to take advantage of that offer is behookedcrochet.com slash audible. Well, I certainly had a lot of fun with this interview today. I hope you had just as much fun listening in. 
Next week, I have a special treat for you, so you'll want to make sure you stay tuned for that next Thursday. We'll be back at you with a brand new episode here on the Be Hooked podcast. Until then, take care, guys. Bye-bye.